there's just something that happens. Thank you, uh, fine brother, who spoke about, and pastor, when we come together, there's a unifying and a uniformity that God brings when you bring faith. You can sense the level of faith that's in the house tonight, the preparation, the prayer, and the fasting that's gone on, and and the wonderful-looking sign that somebody put out front. Wow, that's uh, that's good. So we might as well, for the next 36 hours, that's how long we've got together, I understand, tonight, tomorrow night, Sunday morning, we might as well get all that we can get from God. All that we can get from God. Amen. And uh, I often wondered when they filled the 12 baskets full, I wonder if there was anything else that could have been garnered or gathered, but it just said 12 baskets. I wonder if there were 14 baskets. You could have got 14 baskets full or 16 baskets. I pray that when this weekend is over that you will get everything you want to get in the next few services. Can we say amen? John chapter 20 and verse number 24. John chapter 20, verse number 24. Amen. If you have it, say amen. If you can read, say amen. (laughs) If you can't, we need prayer line right now. But Thomas, as one of the twelve called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. It's very important to be where Jesus is. Yeah, He wasn't there when Jesus, you got to make sure that when Jesus is doing something, you get to where he's doing it. But he wasn't there. Then the other disciples said unto him, We have seen the Lord. But he said unto them, Except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. I have to see it. I have to put my finger there. I have to thrust my hand there or I'm not going to believe. And after eight days, again, his disciples were within, and Thomas with them came Jesus. The doors were shut and stood in the midst and said, Peace be unto you. Then said he to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger and behold my hands, and reach thither thy hand and thrust it into my side, and be not faithless but believing. Did you notice that everything that he said that he didn't believe, Jesus says, here's what I want you to do. And Thomas said, My Lord and my God. And Jesus said, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, Thou hast believed, blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. For just a few moments tonight, I want to talk to you on this Friday evening about miracles that make us believe. Miracles that make us believe. Father, I thank you that In the next few moments, I know you've destined and divinely designed us to be at this church tonight. I believe that you've ordered our steps to be at grace. I do believe that everyone that is here is ordered of you to be here. Now, culminate it together. Bring it to pass. Let every spirit be brought under the power of thy spirit. Let fear and doubt be cast out that we may see the wondrous power and miraculous workings of thy spirit. 
Saturate us, O Lord God, with it, and we pray in Jesus' name. And everybody say amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Miracles that make us believe. It's obvious that you believe tonight or you would not be here. You would not spend a Friday evening at Grace if you did not believe that there's possibly a chance that God could help you. Somewhere within our walk with God, there comes opportunities for us to believe or not believe. In your walk with God, somewhere you will have an opportunity to let your faith grow or let your faith die because Satan is going to fight you and your faith more than he'll fight anything else. That's why he told the apostle Peter, he said, I am going to pray for you. I'm not going to pray that that your business endeavor is blessed. I'm not going to pray that you catch the biggest fish, but I'm going to pray that your faith does not fail you because Satan desires to separate you from your faith and if Satan can separate you from your faith then everything that you get from God will not be received because it is your faith that gives you everything you have. It's amazing how important that faith is. Things that we don't even know that operates with faith, operates with faith. We don't even understand how that we do things without thinking about them. You didn't think about starting your car tonight when you put the key in the ignition and wondered if it would start. You're not going to think when you get home tonight and flip on the switch if the light's going to come on. You just automatically believe because it's supposed to do that. Now somewhere there needs to be an automation of faith that takes place. We should not allow the enemy to so subdue us until we lose the very essence of life and that's our faith. You cannot let what's happening to you overwhelm you. You have got to take charge. Somebody say, take charge. We we got to take charge. I wish to God that we would fight the enemy as much as he fights us. I got three amens, okay? I got to understand what's going on, okay? It, it's just one of those challenges that you have to fight for your faith. If you don't fight for your faith, it's going to be lost. That's why when the enemy comes against you, the scripture we use, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. I I like to put the comma where other peoples do not. I like to say when the enemy comes in, comma, like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord comes and raises us. Like it's, yeah, it's like a flood that the Spirit comes in. You see, it's, it's my opportunity tonight to lift your faith. It's, it's my challenge tonight to get you to believe again because most of you that sit here knows what God can do. There's not a person here tonight that does not know that there's a superior power in your life that motivates you and moves you. There's not anybody here tonight that that doesn't understand that you didn't get to where you were by yourself. It had to take the power of God to get you through some things. There were things in your life that at the very beginning, they did not stand a chance, but because you had faith, that's why you're here tonight, because you would not give in. That's why you're here tonight, because you believed in it greater, in God greater than you believed in it. 
That's why you're here. And so I have to tonight get you to believe that if I can have another miracle, somebody say another miracle. I, I don't care what you have had. you got to have another miracle. It, it doesn't matter what God's done for you before. It's miracles that make us believe. It's, it's when we know that it took the hand of God to move that out of the way. It's when I knew that God stepped in and the enemy stepped out. It knew that God, if it happens, God's going to have to sovereignly intervene. If I get healed, God's going to have to do it. If I beat the cancer, God's going to have to do it. If I get my marriage back together, God's going to have to do it. If I get a raise, God's going to have to do it. If I Get the car to run. God's going to have to do it. If I get my mind back, God's going to have to do it. Somebody say, God's going to have to do it. God's going to have to do it because I can't get there. I can't make this work. If we could make this work, we would have already made it work. If we could have already overcome it by ourselves, we would have already overcome it by ourselves. If we could have got off the medicine, we would have already thrown it away. But there's some things that have attached themselves to us. There's some powers that have taken rule of our mind. There's some activity that hell has allowed in our lives. And if we do not have a miracle, somebody say a miracle. I'm not talking about just something that you can blab it and grab it. I'm not talking about something that you can just speak. No, I'm talking about a divine intervention of God that you know that had it not been for the Lord, you couldn't get it done. Hallelujah. You see, I'm looking at some of you tonight that you're not really sure what God's going to do. That's why the songs aren't any more than they are. That's why the worship is not any more intense than it is. That's why the hand clap becomes a patty cake and instead of a real vibrant clapping to God. That, that's why we poly parrot and the preachers or somebody leads the service everybody clap your hands and we clap our hands and, and the, somebody says everybody lift your voice and we lift our voice it's because pastor we're not really sure that this works because if we really believed that this was a miracle for you weekend if we really believed that God was in charge if we really believed that hell is not in charge we would have walked in here tonight and we would have said God I thank you you're my Healer, you're my deliverer, you're my salvation, you're my strength. But we're just not really sure. That's we're not sure this works anymore. That's why miracles make us believe. That's why when some people don't have a miracle, but you see, to have a miracle, you've got to have a mess. To have a miracle, you've got to have a problem. Is there anybody want to lift your hand and say, I want a problem? Anybody want to lift your hand and say, I want to be a candidate for cancer? Anybody want to lift your hand and say, I want heart disease. I, I want a kidney disease. I, 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 I want to be the next candidate that God can bless. We don't want those things. But how can we ever get a miracle in our life if something doesn't challenge us? We would like to get to the place where there are no challenges. We have all the money we need. We have all the wealth and all the health we need. We'd like to come to church and just kind of sit there and stare. We don't want to have to get down and get with it. We 
we don't want to have to cry until our eyes swell and, and clap until our hands are sore. We, we don't want to have to yell out when everybody's just kind of sitting still. We don't want to have to do that. We want to just come to church and be uncontested when God says, wait a minute, if I'm going to give some miracles, i got to let some things happen to you. That doesn't mean you've sinned. That doesn't mean you have done something against God. That just means God has allowed some things to come to your life. And quit giving so much credit to the devil. My Lord, I wish we would quit bragging on him and giving him so much patronage instead of saying, God, I thank you for what I'm in, but I'm in it, but I'm coming out of it. I'm sick, but I'm, oh, I'm going to help you tonight. I'm sick but I'm going to get well. I'm down, but I'm going to get up. I'm broke, but I'm going to be blessed. I wish somebody would clap your hands. If you believed a little of this tonight, just a little of this tonight, you just... Jesus. Just, just look at somebody and say, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. That's the only chance you're going to get to preach tonight, buddy, so you should have took advantage of that one right there. Just... It's, it's, it's going to be okay. It just, what do you mean it's going to be okay? It has to be okay. Well, I've got five now. It's, it's going to be okay. How do you know that? Because it's always been okay. You say, no one has it. Yes, it has. You came through the last thing. You thought the last thing would kill you, but it didn't. You didn't know how in the world you was going to get through the last time, but you got through it. You had no idea how you'd pay the last bill, but you paid it. You had no idea how you'd get your mind back, but you got it. And you think this is going to be any different than that? Honey, this can't be any different than that because he can't be any less than what he's always been. Oh, that's why this will never be any different than that. Somebody say, it can't be any different. It, it, I am the Lord and I change not. I'm, I'm in the airport this morning in, in Nashville and, 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 and I pray every once in a while. I do my best to do that. I really do. And, and so I prayed this morning. So now, God, I'm getting ready to get on an airplane in and, and, and an airport. i got to touch somebody today because if I don't touch somebody today, my living's in vain. If I, if I don't make somebody better, if I, if I don't encourage somebody, and, and if I don't help the kingdom today, it's just not going to be right, and, and so I'm standing in line, and, and I hate lines, oh God, I hate lines, uh, my ADHD really gets out of quack when I'm in lines, it just, and so I'm standing in line, and, it, and this guy says to me, he said, man, I hate Nashville's weather, and I said, why, he said, because the allergies are so bad, and I said, yeah, the other are, we talked a few seconds, and then we got on through the line, and we're back at the gate that I'm flying to Houston, to Houston, to Baton Rouge. And, 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 and so we're, we're, he's sitting there, and I walk over to him. And I say, hey, my name's Jerry Holland. Well, I just talked to him 20 minutes ago. He, he looks at me like, you know, who, who are you, and what are you saying hello to me for? You know, there's people that don't like aggressive people like me. You're one of them. People just don't like these. Walking to church on Friday night, just in your face. I don't know anything to do because it's in your face. That's what I get paid for. I get paid good to get in your face and to help you. I don't get paid good to stand up there and say, okay, let's just have a little church and go eat Mexican food or whatever we're going to eat. I'm starving to death, Rev. My God, I'm hungry. He fed me what I asked to be fed. I'm not going to tell you that we ate at Popeye's today. I'm not going to tell you that. Just, But that was my request, wasn't it? That's my, my request. And, and so we're going through the, I'm, I'm going to get somewhere. I really am. Just, 
And so we're, we're, I will go over to him and told him, and he said, "Well, he told me he said, well, my name is my name is Charlie, Charlie, uh, what was his name? I got it wrote down anyway. He, Adams. My name is Charlie Adams." I said, "Okay, glad nice to meet you, Charlie." He said, uh, "I am the drummer for Yanni." Now, if you don't know who Yanni is, you need to go online and find out who Yanni is. And I mean, he's the greatest, greatest musician and pianist you've ever heard in your life, instrumental. He said, I've been his drummer for 30 years. And we get to talking. And he said, man, I, I got two kids, two kids that, that, that have some severe, severe problems physically. And, and he said, I just, he said, I need God to heal them. I said, that ain't no problem. That's what God does. He said, do you really believe God can do that? I said, no, I don't believe God can do that. I'm past believing. I know God. Can. That's why I know God can help you and you and you. And I know God can do this. Somewhere you've got to get to this place where I know God's going to help me. I'm not just coming to church Friday and Saturday and Sunday. I'm not going to just, I know God's going to bring me out of this. I know my body is being healed. I, I know I'm here for a purpose. I, I know hell doesn't have control of my life. I know I'm not in this just to be taught. No, I'm in this because God wants me where I am. I'm in this because heaven gets glory out of where I am right now. You have to believe that or you'll be crazy if you don't believe that. If you believe that hell could traffic in and out of your life without God's permission, you're silly to believe that. You can't believe that you're some pawn that hell can just move around until he gets a victory. He never gets the victory in your life. Hell never wins in your life. If you die, hell doesn't win. If you stay sick for years, hell doesn't win. Why? He's because absent in the body is present with the Lord. And Satan can attack me, but it can't kill me because I am the Lord's and and the Lord giveth, and the Lord taketh away, and the Lord gives life, and he takes life. You never lose. You don't ever lose. You'll never lose. And he just, he said, I just believe that God can heal my children. And he said, we're getting ready to go to Panama. And one of his friends come up that's going with him. And Yanni's playing in Panama the next two nights, and he said, I just believe. I said, would you come over to my house for supper, and would you bring your kids and let us pray for them? He said, absolutely. I said, God has a miracle for you. And God's got a miracle for you and you and you and you and you and you. And you. God's got a miracle. Somebody said, God has a miracle for me, for me, for me. I was preaching last week or two weeks ago in, in Bogalusa, Louisiana. For Brother Quaven, and I just made this statement. I said, God can give you property. God can give you property. You have to be careful because the 30 minutes or so that I preach every night, you have to catch what I'm saying. You do. Because when I'm speaking, it's not just taking up 30 or 40 minutes. I don't, I don't believe that I do what I do just to go to congregations and speak and, and let you put a grade on that from zero to 10 and say, wow, that was good. Oh, I didn't get much out of that. I do what I do. And when I'm speaking, you have to understand it's anointing of God. It's not me, but it's God. And when something comes forth from that pulpit from either one of them, you can't just go somewhere and text or, or, or Facebook somebody or, or just try to figure out why your car won't start or how you're going to pay that bill. You better hear the words of the Lord that goes forth 
from the man of God. And so often we don't do that. We come to church and we can't hardly even tell what the preacher said. And so I said, God can give you property. And this girl sitting next to her grandmother two weeks ago, I said, Grandma, I believe that what he just said is for me. God's going to give me property that I need. Do you know that Pastor Quade called me the next week after I was there? This is the first week of January, about four weeks ago. And he said, Brother Holland, the girl, he told me the story. It'll be on my Facebook. I mean, it'll be on my website here very shortly. And she told that. And there were some grandparents of hers that handed down some property. It was two acres and a trailer. Handed it down to the next of kin and they didn't want it handed it down to the next of kin it took five next of kins and finally it got to her and he, they said do you want land do you want two acres with a mobile home on it and she said of course I want it because I lifted my hands the other night and said God I want that and God gave her two acres why it's because it's a miracle that makes me believe and some of you haven't had a miracle in so long till you don't even know what God can do. You don't even know if God is for you or not. That's why we have to have miracles this weekend so you again believe that there's a God that can help me. He needs to put money in your bank account. He needs to take your mind and give you release. He needs to put a strength back in your body and a healing back in your back. He needs to straighten your arm and straighten your leg and straighten your eye. Miracles make us believe. And so many times we haven't had a miracle in a long while. And people sit on a pews, Pastor, who can't even tell you the last time they had a miracle. They can't. They can't even tell you the last time God did something for them. It's because they've got very comfortable where they are. Until we don't even ask God sometimes for some things. We just live with some things that that's the way that it's supposed to be. And so we don't even challenge God anymore. We say, well, I'm going to make $10 an hour for 40 hours a week. I'm going to get $400, and that's all that's ever going to be. Or I'm going to make this much money, or my paycheck's going to be that much, or my Social Security's going to be that much. And so we don't even expect God to do some miraculous things for our life. And so we come to church, and this preacher's trying to tell us that God can do anything for you, that God can change anything for you. And we said this, uh, unless I can put my hand Unless I can put my finger, unless I can see it for myself, I'm not going to believe that. And that's where some of you are right now. Unless I can see it, and unless I can feel it, I ain't going to believe. Because we have come to the place in our lives where everything has to become about seeing and feeling and not about faith. And there's some of you that sit in this building, and I know what the Holy Ghost spoke to me and the trailer that I'm staying in behind the church was very comfortable. I walked in today and I said, Pastor, it feels like I'm evangelizing in a trailer again. I've done that for years. I feel comfortable living in a travel trailer. Covered this country many times over in a travel trailer. Very nice, thank you. It's very comfortable. And I felt it when I was praying that the Lord spoke and said, there's some of them that doesn't believe. They don't believe because they've never had anything done for them lately. They never had a miracle in their life. God has it exposed them to something wonderful. Just a few weeks ago, there was a man that went and, you see, we've got to get on the edge of our seat. Thank you. You already are. You may be getting ready for a miracle, sis. We've got to sit with anticipation that God is getting ready to do something in my life. That it's my turn. Somebody say, it's my turn. It's, I don't mind you getting your turn, but every once in a while, it needs to, it needs to be my turn. And I'm just preaching, and you've got to get the Word of God as it moves forward. 
And I'm preaching, and this dad goes to the nursery and gets his son. This is about three months ago in Amory, Mississippi. And he goes, gets a three-year-old boy and brings him up front. I don't know who prayed for him. It doesn't matter who prays for you, but it doesn't matter the faith that you have. Goes, gets his son. His son has a bent eye. It's bent. Now, we called it cross-eyed years ago, but it was bent toward his nose. And his dad said, I believe that God can straighten his eye out. Honey, God can straighten some things out tonight. God can straighten some things out tonight. You see, it takes a little while for people to understand that God is able and God is willing and God is ready. But you live with something so long until you lose the faith to believe. This is yes. This is no. After a while, you just say, well, I'm supposed to be sick. I'm supposed to be broke. I'm not supposed to be well. This is just my lot in life. That's hell talking to you. That's not God talking to you. And so somewhere, that boy was ministered to. The next morning, his mother hears him yelling in the bathroom in the other end of the house. He's screaming, and she runs back. He says, Mom, look in the mirror. When they looked in the mirror, he said, Mom, look at my eye. And when they looked at his eye, his eye was perfectly straight. Somewhere between the walking up front and the next morning, God had taken that eye. You think that boy will be a believer? He put his glasses on and started looking at a coloring book and said, Mom, I can't see this coloring book very good. And he took his, you think at three years old, and when that boy gets six or 10 or 12, you think he's ever going to disbelieve? He's going to be, be a believer. That's why that everyone in this building needs to have an up-to-date right now manifestation of God in your life. You need to have something that overpowers you, that saturates your heart, something that puts you back in the realm of faith where you can say, devil, you lied to me. I gave up on that prayer I prayed 20 years ago. I don't even pray for my mom and dad. I don't even pray for my sibling. I don't even ask it for help anymore. I've just adjusted to this when faith needs to reach out in this house tonight and get hold of every one of us. But it's miracles that make us believe Somewhere you have to have something to get a hold of you. To get a hold of you. And say, God, I know that you're able. It takes faith to do things that we normally don't do. It takes faith to reach beyond and say, God, I believe. And somewhere you have to just reach out and say, I do believe you. Everything we do, we get from God. We just have to say, Lord, I believe. Lord, I believe. I believe. How's it going to be? I don't know how it's going to be. Does it have a chance? I don't know if it has a chance. I don't know if it's ever had a chance, but I just believe, and that's that's what happens to us is we just believe. And, and sis, if you just believe, that that sounds a little simplistic and elemental, just believe, just believe. What do you mean? I've been believing, and that's a problem we've been believing. And so somewhere we just stop, and we don't expedite that thing and say, God, I believe now. I believe in this service that I can touch my body. I believe right now I can lay hands on myself, and the pain that's been in my neck for three days can leave. I said that because that's somebody where somebody is. I do believe that I can put my hand on my heart that has been not feeling well and the pain that's been coming I believe you can say in Jesus name I command that everything that's wrong I command the blood to flow I command the artery to become unstopped I, I command the valve to be replaced by the power of your name somewhere I need a miracle if I'm going to believe that he still 
miracle. I need a miracle for my faith to have life. And I need a miracle. Somebody said, I need a miracle. I need a miracle. I need a miracle. I need a miracle. I need a It's hard. Somebody say, it's hard. It's, it's hard when you're in the middle of it. It's hard when you've been suffering. I've known Kathy Yoder for many, many years. We were teenagers in the same church in Louisville, Kentucky, some some 20 years ago, we were teenagers, right? Yeah, I think that's what it right. 20 and 16, 36, that's close. But somewhere, I don't get a choice to choose what happens to me. You don't get a choice to choose what happens to you. The only choice you have is what are you going to do with what happens to you? What are you going to do with the thing that's against you? What are you going to do with that which has come against you so strong? And you see, somewhere I understand. There were moments right now when God says, I know how to take the weak things and the base things. And I know how to make strength out of them. Because I know what I feel in this house tonight. I, I knew, I just... I just knew that God had spoke to me this week in prayer and fasting what he would give this church. But I also know there's some things in the fibers of your heart and the fabrics of your spirit. Some things that we have to garner and say, God, I believe I don't understand, but I believe. I don't have an answer, but I have God. There's some things you can't explain. You don't know why things happen in your life the way they have. You didn't choose for some things to happen the way they did. But what you have to choose is that, God, I believe that you are able. I know that you're able to take what has happened in my life and give me strength and bring me through. I know that you can take the hurt and the pain and the discomfort and the questions. I know that you're able to help me. And again, let let me see you. Don't let me see what's going on in my life, but let me see you because the enemy can. He will cloud what you see with what you're going through. And after a while, your vision becomes blurred because you can't see God. All you can see is your trouble and what happened to you and the things that didn't turn out right and the plans that have been left alone and the goals that have been shattered and everything that you believe that would happen at this time of your life is not happening. And so you're wondering, what am I going to do. I tell you what we're going to do. We're going to take hold of God in this service. We're going to take hold of God in this service. And we are going to find him a very present help in the time of need. There's nothing that shuts down the mouth of a critic more than a miracle. Jesus I ask you today to let me feel the pains and the hurts and the disappointments and the setbacks of these people. And I know that you told us that there are things that we bear unnecessarily because we don't give them to you. And the burdens we bear and the loads we carry are much greater than what we're supposed to because you said if we will exchange ours for yours, yours would be lighter. But Oh, God, there's people here tonight that just doesn't know how much more, and there's too many questions and less answers. There's too much pain and less relief. Father, I thank you that in the next five minutes, 
that you were so overwhelmed, the very power and darkness and evil and suppressions and oppressions that have tried to subdue and choke the very life out of some people who were so close to what they wanted to become and so close to seeing what they thought was theirs and now they believe a setback has come and will they ever be able to be what they should have been and go where they should have gone and be victorious over what they should have been. I thank you, God, that you shall overwhelm our enemies. You shall bring them underneath our feet and we shall subdue them by the power of your name. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. So you have to decide where you are and what you're going to do with what's happening to you. You have to decide, are you going to overcome or be overcome? You have to believe that this is not my lot in life. This is not my final lot. This is not where I'm going to be. I'm not going to be doomed and damned. I'm not going to be destroyed. I'm not letting the devil chisel away at my life and chisel away at my faith. I'm not going to let the devil overwhelm me until I can't even lift my hand and say thanks be to God that gives me the victory. I'm sick but I have the victory. I'm broke, but I have the victory. I borrowed a ride to church, but I have the victory. I had to borrow money to get through the week, but I have the victory. I have to live by myself, but I have the victory. My family don't even come to church with me anymore, but I have the victory. I lost some things that were precious to me, but I still have the victory. I don't know where I'm going, but I still have the victory. I feel like I'm so lost, but I still have a Savior. I don't know, but I got God, and it's a miracle that's going to make me believe that's why you have to have a miracle you have to have Jesus this little pastor we could kind of reach out tonight because he's that close to us somebody say he's here to help me he's here to help me he's he's here to help me you have to believe that you you have to believe that he's there to help you Jesus so we reach, somebody say, we reach, we reach, we reach. Ever reached and couldn't feel? Ever reached and couldn't find? I don't blame Thomas because Thomas wasn't there. That's why it's important not to miss church. That's why it's important not to miss prayer time. That's why it's important not to miss fast day. That's why it's important not to miss Bible reading. That's why it's important not to go throughout the day without God in your mind. That's why it's so important to have a consciousness of God because you never know that when he walks in, it might be the moment you touch him, but he wasn't there when Jesus came. And if you come to church and don't reach for him, you come to church and you don't worship and you come to church and you don't pray and you come to church as though you're some statue. You come to church and you're overwhelmed by your problems when you come to church and the people that you wanted to see aren't there and you come to church and you feel like I had it but I lost it all of a sudden you don't even you're not even there though you stay home and Thomas wasn't there some of you haven't been there for a long time and you haven't touched him for a while and you haven't seen him for a while but he's still there that's a good thing about God is that he's still there somebody say he's still there he's he's still there give me a hand sis Jesus, I thank you because you're overwhelming us at this moment. You, you are opening up us right now. You're opening us up right now to something that we can't find ourselves. We are groping in darkness. We are subdued in a cavity of despair. We don't know how to overcome this. If we could, we would, but we 
this house to help us and give us a miracle that will make us believe it will be a miracle that will astonish us, a miracle that will set us back in a realm of faith, a miracle that our enemies no longer will heal. I thank you, Jesus, that you help us and you guide us. Sure, You never will leave us, but you'll be there. You'll bring us out because you brought us up. You'll bring us out. I thank you, Jesus. We will not believe. We will not give in. We will not be overwhelmed. We will not be overcome. We will believe. We don't see it, but we believe it. I can't feel it, but I believe it. I just believe. I just believe. I just believe. I said, Brother Holland, I don't feel anything. That's okay. I can't see God. That's okay. He's still here. He's still here. He's still here. He's still here. He's I'm closed tonight, but, but he's still there. He's still there. He's just there. Somebody say, he's just there. He's, he's just there. How do you know I haven't seen him, but he's there. Brother Holland, I hadn't felt God in a long time. Doesn't mean he's not there. Somebody said, well, Tommy said, God left me. I said, where did he go? God can't leave. If he left, where would he go? He's everywhere. That's why he tells you, I'm, 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 I'm there. I'm just there. I'm there to help you. I'm there to give you a miracle. I'm there to bring you out of this. I'm there to put some footing. I'm there again to, to give you the grace that you need. You're you're not going to do that, and you're not going to be that, and you're not going to be overwhelmed by that. And that's for a lot of people in this building. Like you're not, you're not going to be that, and you're not going there, and you're. That's not going to be what's going to happen to you, because nobody decides for you, but you what happens. And I know the enemy would love to, to overwhelm us, because every one of us have got things we're praying for. Every one's got things we're praying over. I just know that something happens when I believe. And I want people to leave here tonight and say, oh, my Lord and my God. And when God brings you through, you're going to say, oh, God, how could I have ever doubted you? Anybody ever said that? Lift your hand. After God brought you out, you're oh, God, how could I have ever doubted you? How could I ever disbelieve that you were going to be there when your family member comes to church? I was at a church over in Poplarville, Mississippi, just during the holidays. And I, a lady had been sitting on the, the seat on the end, and I asked if she wanted to be married. She said, yes. I said, well, move over so he can sit there because he's not going to sit over you. I was in Poplarville just six weeks ago you got to understand that when you have faith to believe God does it and God gave her a husband because she just moved over sometimes we have to just say God I believe God I just believe and some of you all are wondering about this feeling business you're wondering about this feeling business I don't feel God so let's just take a survey that's good to be honest on Fridays as well as Sundays Let's just take a survey that where you are in your faith tonight, you're just not feeling God like you want to. Lift your hand. I thought so. Just not feeling God like I want to. Just And what the devil reads into that and tells you, 
because you can't feel God like you want to. Maybe God's not there like he used to be. But would you stay with me tonight all over this building? But just because you don't feel him like you used to, does it not mean he's not what he always was? So it's my duty and my delight in three services this weekend is to bring young people and adults and seniors and children and whosoever out of where you are so you can say it was a miracle that made me believe it was a miracle of Jesus and who he is that made me believe I couldn't feel it I couldn't see it but somehow you have to know that he's there I even know there's some of you tonight that hadn't spoken in tongues in a long while. And you're reading into that. You're reading into that. Maybe I don't have the Holy Ghost. Maybe I didn't get it. Maybe I didn't get it after all. I started out saying to you tonight that the enemy, if he can destroy your faith, if he can get you to disbelieve, there won't be any worship. There'll be nothing in your life that'll move forward. It's because you don't. But here's what I need you to do at 10 minutes after 8 on a Saturday night. I need you to show the enemy that you do not believe what he's been telling you. Because sometimes, Pastor, the enemy reads. He reads my motion and my inactivity. He reads that as a sign of I got them. Don't ever give place to the enemy and don't please him either. I want to keep the devil says, so off guard that he goes, wow, what's wrong with him? I hit him so hard. I beat him so long, but his hands are still up. You may be dying on the inside, but the devil can't see your inside and he can't read your mind. I want to let him see that you've come against me so hard but my hands are still up and my voice is still strong. Ah, I may be dying but I'm going to let him know that I am not defeated and faith is a powerful weapon in the hand of a believer. So don't let your, don't let your inactivity be read by the enemy tonight as an occasion for him to believe that you're discouraged. Don't you give him that much credit in your life. Don't you say anything that lets the devil believe that he's got a hold on you. That's why if you can't say something that's going to uplift the Lord, don't tell anybody. Don't go around and say, I'm discouraged. I'm broke. I'm not going to make it. I'm so sick. I wish I was dead. I don't know how in the world I'm going to get out of this. I don't even know why I come to church. Everything you say like that, that empowers the kingdom of the evil instead of empowering the kingdom of God. And you got to change your verbiage. I'm sick but I'm going to get well. I don't feel good, but I'm going to be better. I don't have much, but I got a little bit because of... Uh, something's starting to happen in the house. You can sense something just begin to move in the house. Ah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Don't you empower the kingdom of hell. Empower the kingdom of God with what you say.
Some of you have been talking yourself out of a blessing. You've been talking yourself out of your healing. You've been talking yourself out of what God will do for your family because you've been saying the negative. I wish it had to happen. I wish I could change things. I wish it would be different. And all you're doing is mangling your mind with a bunch of mess instead of speaking a word of faith in your life and what God's going to do and thankful for where you are at this moment and thank God for what he's already done for you and thank God for his blessings to your family. Some things you just can't change. You just have to go on. You can't go back, but you can go on. So you might as well pick yourself up and have a miracle this weekend in your mind, in your body, in your spirit. You might as well have a what I want you to do and I'm done we're going to do it just a moment together and all of you all are standing this way so here's what we're going to do I'm, I'm standing like you are and you're never supposed to turn your back to the crowd I understand that but I have to do it for illustration we're going to do this in just a moment you're all standing this way but in just a moment you're going to turn and face that way in just a moment and then you're going to turn back around and face this way but the Holy Ghost spoke to me and said, you tell them that when they turn around and look back, they're looking back and they're letting go of everything that was behind them. And when they turn back around, he told Oboshatas, I want you to look your last time in your sickness, your last time in your dilemma, your last time of your past, your last time of your heartache, your last time of your failure, your last time. Because when you turn back around, God is going to help you. He's going to help you to be able to look forward the rest of your life and say, I can't go back. I won't go back, but I will move forward. I want you to get ready. I want you to get ready. Come on, let's turn right now. Let's turn. I'm about ready to leave what's behind me. I'm leaving my pain, my pressure, my sickness, my dilemma, my brokenness. And I'm about to walk in the newness of faith and courage. I'm about to walk in the strength of the Holy Ghost in 